0: Get fired up. Oh, yeah. Performance, Performance enhancing, enhancing audio. audio. This is the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh, heck yeah. Performance enhancing audio back in your ear hole. It is the SOC coming at you. Uh, how about a little bonus MMA today? I know what you're thinking. A lot of boxeo fans. BC, you're letting us down. Rafe Bartholomew and I will be back this week, and we'll be back with a bang, folks. Okay, so believe that. But uh, UFC 252 this Saturday—just too big of an event, too big of a fight. DC Steepay three. Uh, not to not to get a little bit deeper. I know you heard Rashad Evans and myself break it down on our MMA edition on Tuesday. Now we have that teased and promised interview pod coming at you. Who do we got? We got Marlon Cheeto Vera, who's going to be in the main event. Sorry, the co-main event of this Saturday's pay-per-view against rising star Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, Chino's gonna, you know, he's gonna break that uh that fourth wall of profanity many times, and he's gonna tell you why he ain't no stepping stone this uh this weekend for Sean O'Malley. And then we got the big one. We got DC. Okay, we got DC in the damn house. Okay, you can cheer him, you can boo him. Who
1: me! I'm getting money in championship belts. What's up?
0: Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, look. Already one of the best interviews in the game, Daniel Cormier. Uh, this is a really good one, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm patting him. Yeah, he's media savvy and all that, and he, but he's a genuine dude, and uh, this fight matters to his legacy a lot, and he's going to talk about that. Talk about retirement. Talk about talking about, okay? We got a lot to discuss. I came at him inside shots, hot and heavy. Uh, I brought it. I brought the heat and he was there to to receive it he was there to analyze it he was there to bring it and uh fired up about that one as always folks uh you like this show okay keep 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 listening download subscribe tell a friend five star review apple podcasts spotify i don't know google, google something Where, wherever the heck you're listening to this thank you keep doing it uh spread the damn word on it check out what we got going on on Morning Combat every Monday on Showtime's YouTube channel actually on the, on the Morning Combat YouTube channel uh brought to you by the nice folks at Showtime uh don't forget there will be a Showtime Championship boxing card this Saturday as well as David Benavidez defense his super middleweight title in that main event I've got you. I'm coming at you with interviews with David Benavides, with heavyweight Otto Valin, who's on the undercard. You may remember he's the guy that roughed up Tyson Fury last year and uh, nearly, nearly pulled the damn upset for the heavyweight championship. So uh, check out that boxing pod this week. Uh, check out Luke Thomas and myself Friday. Showtime. We're going to host the weigh-in show streaming live. So check that out. Check it all out. All right. Check out this podcast as well. Thank you for joining us. The power's back on. Your boy, BC, coming at you. Hot, heavy. Hard, all those weird things. Wow. All right. Hey, yeah. All right. Hope you're doing well out there, folks. You know the deal, right? I mean, it's it's up to us as a people to start making some changes, okay? Change the way we eat. Change the way we treat each other. This quarantine life, it's wild. So uh please take care of yourself this week, especially, all right? Check yourself. Before you wreck yourself, and I'm serious about that Make make sure you're you're living life correct, make sure you're taking time for yourself, make sure you're letting those in your life who you love and respect and need make sure they know that all right uh let's keep spreading you know uh positive vibes only all right good vibes only whatever, whatever, but take care of yourself cause it's wild out there these are on. Un- Precedented times, indeed, Uh, in life, in the fight game, and uh, we are, though, very fired up uh, about this weekend's fights. Uh, DC, Stipe, guys, this fight matters. This fight is as prestigious as it comes, and if you look at the first two... This trilogy has the potential to be the most competitive we've ever seen in MMA, and I mean that. I mean, you know, the stakes were always high. I know we had Kane and JDS 1, 2, and 3, and I know they traded wins and then Kane won it, but, you know, that was... Not nearly as competitive, not not nearly as dramatic and close as this one has been. And uh, it matters for these two legends on Saturday. So I want to see what adjustments can be made. I always count out Stipe. Yet, can he figure out, uh, as he did in the rematch when he figured out that path to victory through the body shots, can he figure out a new path to victory in this one as they're essentially even money? Or is it just more about, hey, D.C., Get in the best shape you can be. Wrestle more. Listen to your coaches. We'll get into that today with Daniel Cormier. Uh Or maybe sometimes you just throw the game plans out the window, and it's a blood and guts war. And if it gets there, they're both going to have a shot. But that's going to be the opening, I think, for Stipe. I mean, the uglier this fight gets, the more it's about heart and, and stuff like that. Uh This is not a knock on Daniel Cormier's heart. He's one of the greatest fighters of all time. But that's Stipe's intangibles. That's his strength, his calling card. Uh He's blue collar, baby. And, uh, I think that we will appreciate him more when he's gone. And I know that I've been slow in that appreciation process comparative, but, uh, he's one of the best and I'm fired up for this weekend. Absolutely. And also what this weekend could produce based on the results. John Jones, get your s- together. I'm waiting for you. I know. Yeah. Look, I know you're, it, it's not crazy to think about that. You know, you got to be thinking about that. All right. It's out there, despite what DC says, okay? You're going to hear what DC says about that uh, coming up shortly. So here's what we're going to do, all right? We're going to take a quick pause for the cause. I don't want to waste any more of your time here. Uh, Right after this break, we're going to hear from Daniel Cormier, all right? A little word from our friends and sponsors. And then the former champ champ is here. DC coming at you, one of the best in the game in terms of just opening up that heart. He's gregarious, he's lovable, he's honest. It's Daniel Cormier. Enjoy. DC the biggest fight I think they're calling it the biggest fight of all time DC lately in the headlines here uh, how the hell are you doing emotionally just a, a little over a week out from this
1: I'm feeling good Brian how you doing man good oh, yeah I'm,
0: strong fired I'm up ready I'm good all right, let's talk about this. Uh, You're DC, excited. I'm. I'm always excited. Okay, first of all, but look, um, th- <laughs> this fight in particular, because of all those super superlatives we mentioned, meaning like you know the biggest fight in way history. Maybe th- this will be the enduring trilogy UFC has ever had. This could also be you know the fight that decides the. I don't want to say the legacy with one fight, but you get what I'm saying. So much history for two mm-hmm. fighters in one fight, maybe the most I've ever seen. Uh is do you have that same feeling? Are you preparing with that in your mind? Like we are as fans and journalists ahead of this one?
2: Yeah,
1: you have to. You know, I think when you look at what Stephen and I have done in the heavyweight division and in the UFC, you understand that you're fighting for legacy. I've said for a long time, Brian, and if you listen to any interviews going on back to eight, ten years, you know, my legacy matters to me. And if I don't prepare with the idea that this fight defines who I am remembered as when I leave mixed martial arts, it will not allow me to leave no stone unturned. So I've prepared as if this will define me. It, you know, all the championship belts and all the victories and all the moments, um, they all have led to... This third fight with and Miočić, and I could not be happier to be in this situation uh, with all that's on the line in terms of of the fight, not only the the title, but the legacy and the chance to be called the greatest heavyweight UFC history. Uh, that that that's amazing. All that pressure is is, is wanted in this camp.
0: So what's interesting to me is I've I've talked to Stipe a bunch, maybe a couple months ago was the most recent time. And he was like, I don't care about history. I don't care if I fight D.C. again. I don't know if he was posturing publicly at that time uh, for negotiation purposes or Mm -hmm. what. But I said, look, you know, could this be MMA's answer to Ali Frazier? And he basically said, I don't care. Do you believe him when he says that? Do you care?
1: I care. You know, I care. I care, I care about this tremendously. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I I think towards the end of the fight being finalized, there was some frustration on CFO's side. I don't know why, because every week I have a, I have a show on ESPN every week. So every week you got to hear me blabbing off about the fight, goading them into fighting. So probably a little frustrated with everything. But I think when he sits back and looks at everything in terms of uh, historical and, and, and meaning of the fight, He's gonna appreciate what we meant to each other. You know, being on a losing end of a, a great trilogy, uh will be will suck for him. But it will also um it will also uh have raised his, his profile because the level of fight that we've been involved
0: in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh when I think Daniel Cormier, I think legend obviously I think John Jones, your chief rival in your career. Is mm-hmm. there a chance that Stepe Miocic yeah. becomes the chief rival in your career from this trilogy?
1: You know, I believe that I believe that Stepe and I will always be a great rival in mixed martial arts, you know, even after I win the fight next Saturday. But the reality is anything I do in my entire life is going to be hard to top what Jones and I had. You know, I, I think I enjoy this rivalry with Stipe better because I don't dislike him as much as I dislike Jones. And it wasn't as, like, nasty. Jones and, Jones and I, like, bring out some nasty parts of each other that I'm not sure is just there uh, normally on the surface. But I believe competitively this is the rivalry that I've loved living in. But I don't know if anything that I will ever do or have done in my career will ever just completely... Uh, eliminate that part of my my, my life you know it was so big and for so long i mean you got to understand this jones thing that we had hmm. the press conference was in august i think of 2014 where we were supposed to fight initially and that went all the way to july 2017 so for three straight years uh it was always something about jones and i right from the fight to the fight being scheduled multiple times and never happened until the second fight actually happened um, and then, you know, what happened, happened and him being gone and coming back and me still being a champion. And it was just a whole bunch of stuff for like almost four years. So it's hard to uh, think that anything is going to overtake that. But I do believe that the fight for the heavyweight championship does stand alongside it for
0: sure. All right, DC, we love you as media guys, because well, one, you're kind of one of us, but two, what you said earlier, you <laughs> care about legacy. Cause I can't talk to enough fighters who say, all that crap is for you and your nerd friends in the basement having something to talk about. Now, a couple of things here. One, I'm recording this from my basement. Two, I'm a nerd. Three, I care about this stuff. So let's get really nerdy about your legacy. Because when you beat Stipe the first time, you know, I was like a lot of people who said two things. One, DC has entered the upper room. He is... On the, you know, he sits at the table with GSP, with Silva, with John Jones, with Fedor, with Mighty Mouse, and, and that's it. He is of that ilk. He's in the conversation for the greatest of all time. And I also said the other part of that, which is beating Stipe and becoming a two division champ was really the only way that you could uh, complete your career without beating John Jones, right? Like the only way you could lap that, that hole in your career. So the reason why I bring this up is this, mm-hmm. when you lost to Stipe, I saw a lot of people go, hey, DC, great fighter, not in the GOAT conversation anymore. Could it actually be as simple mm-hmm. as you need to beat Stipe one more time or you're not at that table?
1: You know, I think, I think when I won that belt in July of 2018, my legacy was secured and there's nothing that should change that. You know, the the reality is Anderson Silva now has nine losses. But when he loses to guys like Izzy, who now is the champ, who's phenomenal. Um, and he loses to guys like uh are he's in a fight like he was with Barr Brunson, that doesn't eliminate all the things that he did in the past. You know, we still gotta look back to the times where uh when Anderson Silva walked in there, it was it was an event. He was the greatest fighter in the world. Um, George Saint Pierre, you know, he could come back and he say he fights up and he loses. That won't change anything. You know, DJ lost to Henry Cejudo. That doesn't change anything. If it's that simple, then what does it truly matter? You know, you can't, you can't, you can't revisit things and just change the way that you perceive things. I think all the things that these phenomenal fighters have done should should stand the test of time. And for me, I'm trying to fight this fight for me. You know, I want to win this belt back for me and my family and my team and if people don't recognize the things that I've done in mixed martial arts right now at this point, there's nothing else to do. Because anytime you're a first, when you can go into a sport like MMA, and you're a first at something, when you're a first at something so big, you've got to be considered one of the greatest to do it. Especially when that first is being the first guy to defend championships in two-weight divisions, Or the first fighter to win championships in two-weight classes in them ball. That's something that's so big that people never dreamed of so when you're the first to do that there's no way people can chip away at your legacy
0: yeah great answer and please don't listen to any of the nerds when they say stuff like that um (laughs) i've asked you this before and i want to ask you this one more time um obviously we can't go back and change history but had you stayed at heavyweight forever and never went the john jones road never became the light heavyweight champ um i've often said you know. You either would be the greatest heavyweight right now without discussion, or maybe it would have come down to you and Kane and it would have been a tie. But if you weren't such a great friend and you never did this for Kane, uh do you ever sit back at night and wonder, you know, how different at all your legacy would be right now? Whether it would be a slam dunk that you'd be the greatest heavyweight of all time if you had stayed there.
1: I just think that I just think that when you
0: spoke about sitting at the table
1: earlier with the greatest fighters of all time and being in the conversation, I don't think that happens if I didn't go down to 205 and become a champion and beat everybody, beat everybody else and beat, go back and become the heavyweight champ. What truly defined me was the fact that I was able to combine them together and do them both and beat guys and beat so many talented guys in, in easy, easier fights and harder fights and big moments and smaller moments. I was able to like withstand all of that. So even though I do believe that I could have had a n- major amount of success at heavyweight, um, me going to 205 uh, was the best thing for me. And honestly, at the time, like, King was the man. And even now, like, I never would have wanted to fight King Velasquez. And for a multitude of reasons, right? One, he's my friend, and I love him to death. But two... I'm not sure you can beat Kane Velasquez, if I'm being completely honest, especially at the time. Like, I don't, I didn't, I couldn't beat Kane Velasquez. So, like, going to 205 was great for me in terms of uh, giving myself a chance of being a champ. And also, I felt like I was going down into a division with a guy that wasn't as dangerous as Velasquez is.
0: Yeah, that's a fair answer right there. Uh, I know you've seen Rocky three, and, you know, they had their trilogy, but they did it with no fans, no journalists, they said ding, ding, and they did it for pride. If you beat Stipe and become the GOAT, maybe Kane sends you a text message and says, Daniel, let's do it in the gym, no, no spectators, because no i got to find out <laughs> for myself.
1: We fight each other enough in the gym. That's enough for me. I know I don't want those problems. Those right. problems are fair enough in sparring. I don't know i the I King Just trying to hit me as hard as he possibly can.
0: I respect I respect that. All right, enough legacy, enough enough Kane. Let's talk Stepe. Let's talk the third fight. To talk that, you got to go back to the second though. Um, is it as simple to say two things when you look at what happened in the second fight and you use that to prepare for the third fight? Number 1, you abandoned your wrestling, and number 2, you may not have had the cardio you would have wanted or or should have had for that fight. Are either of those true entering this third mm-hmm. fight?
1: I did not have the cardio I needed for that fight, but sadly, you can' convince yourself of anything when you're preparing it um, but we made a lot of we made a lot of concessions in that training camp uh that starts feeling a little tight let's slow it down just starts feeling a little tight let's slow it down like it was always let's slow it down let's be safe when in reality, if you're fighting for the championship of the world, you can't be safe. You have to be able to go and do everything necessary to prepare yourself. And I made a promise to myself before this training camp even started. It was, if I can't prepare as I did to fight Alexander Gustafson back in 2015, Don Jones every single time we fought, uh, I'm just not going to fight. And I've been able to prepare myself. And if I hadn't been able to, I wouldn't have fought. So just coming to terms with the idea that you have to be willing to just step away and leave things as it is if you can't prepare yourself uh, the way you're supposed to.
0: Yeah, that, that is very fair, right there. Uh, as you prepare in your heart, and I mean, I, I don't like asking this question, but everybody's going to ask you it. Uh, what percentage are you right now that this is the last fight of your career?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm sure, man. I feel, I feel sure about everything. I'm, at, I'm at, I'm at ease with everything. I'm, I feel calm. I feel I feel happy. I feel complete, you know, and the only thing to finish this journey is to win the heavyweight championship again. Like, I feel good, man. Everything is, is, is in place. The training has been great. I've worked hard. I've worked long. I just pulled up a video today from April 9th. April 9th was when I started running and doing to get myself prepared for this fight. And I was, I was out of shape. I was exhausted and could barely breathe. But on April 9th, I made it insane that I was going to make sure I was prepared come August 1st, because that was supposed to be the date. But um, it's August 15th now, and I'm prepared for everything that surrounds the fight. Now, am I ready to do all the theatrics after the fight with the gloves? And, and no, I'm not ready to do all that. I want to go to Vegas to win my championship back. That's it. It's all I want to do. I want to go beat Steven Yocic, be able to say that I beat him two out of three, and I won the heavyweight title. That's it. For me, that's what matters. Um, the retirement and everything else, it's kind of just a part of the story, but ultimately it's about the fight. You know, I've got a big future outside of fighting. And for me to start looking too closely at that becomes too, uh, valuable a prize to worry about and to focus on whenever you got one of the most dangerous fighters of all time standing across the aisle down from you.
0: Yeah, that, that is very fair to say, uh, even though if you do win, Obviously Uncle Dana will eventually call you with a stupid amount of money and you'll have to make that decision. Uh Curtis Blades told me he thinks you know you'll both retire afterwards. Uh we'll have to see how the fight goes and we'll see what happens there. But uh quickly to circle back on that second fight. Uh did you not respect his power enough or is that an overblown way of looking mm. at it?
1: No, you know I think I think I think I just was fighting Steve a, a bit emotional. I felt like he was there to be hit and I just felt like I didn't fight a sweet fight, you know, and that's, that's a hard pill for me to swallow, right? Cause I, I feel like I have a decent fight IQ and I know how to go in defense in the way that you're supposed to, but, um, I just didn't fight good enough and I didn't fight hard enough. And, you know, mine, sadly, um, I was fatigued and he went to the body and he hurt me and, those last two shots up top really did uh really did mess me up. So um, I didn't I didn't feel like anything was hurting me until it's too late to realize that it actually is. And uh, I thought you fought a great fight.
0: Uh, the hot take machine spins for people in the journalistic game. You got to be quick. You got to have an absolute statement. And I'm going to stand by the statement I made after that second fight, and I want to hear your reaction. And I'm no Stipe hater, and I'm no DC superfan, but when I watched that second fight, I said, Stipe didn't win that fight. DC lost it. And I tell you that with respect, Daniel. Mm -hmm. The competitor within you, do you believe that?
1: I I do. I, I feel like I let him off the hook. You know, I feel like I was winning the fight, the vast majority of the fight. Um... I just went back and looked at the fight and somehow I had lost a third round but I landed double the shots in the third round that he did. And I don't know if maybe a team got a takedown in that round for like five seconds. Maybe that's from beating the round. I don't know what, but like I felt like it should have been three zero on me going into the fourth round. Um and I do believe that I'm a better fighter than Steve and I feel like I can grapple better, wrestle, and I feel like even in a stand up, like I I've got a more well rounded game and I can beat him everywhere. And I intend on planning that on. proving that on Saturday, I'm not going to allow for him to dictate his fight to me.
0: Yeah. All right. Let me close with this, DC. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you. When you imagine what it's going to feel like, you may who who knows if you win, you may retire in the cage. We don't know what's going to happen. Only you do, and only you will in that moment. But when you put your head to the pillow at night, what does it feel like? What does it sound like? What are you going to feel like if you win this trilogy?
1: Well, when I win the fight on, on next Saturday, I'm just going to feel happy. You know, I'm just feel happy that this career has been better than I ever could have envisioned. I could never have dreamt that I would be where I am today in terms of my life, in terms of my legacy and career. I never would have thought that I could be this person, you know? Everybody starts to martial arts with a dream. A dream to be the best, to be the UFC champion, to have Dana wrap the belt around your waist. I lived that dream. And I got to live that dream on so many different occasions. And my life was so much better for all those experiences I had. So I would lay on that pillow and say to myself, like, it, it actually went better than we ever could have thought. When I left Oklahoma in 2009, um, they called me come see Panda, all my friends did, because I knew, I didn't know how to strike, I couldn't punch, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. But I had the dream to go and fight, and then someday, uh, fight in the UFC. This was when UFC 200, Um I never would have thought that 11 years later, I'd be the guy that is at that table, you know, in the conversation for one of the greatest fights of all time. So, it's uh it's a beautiful thing. It's and been it's a great fun. ride.
0: And to think, people actually booed you at UFC 200. What's wrong with these people, DC? <laughs>
1: anyway, um, no, I mean, I mean, UFC 100. UFC 100 was when I was watching Brock fight Punch Mir and GSP beat Thiago Alves. I was like, man, I want to do this. So
0: you did it, sir. it. You did it. The mountaintop is to, is 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 the third bay fight. Best of luck. Thank you for the time and being candid as always, sir.
1: Thank you. Bro. I appreciate it. Have a great day.
0: All right. Special thanks to DC. Look, I said it and I'm not tooting. All right. Well, I'm, I might be below the bill. I'm not to in uh, my own horn, but that's a fantastic interview. And that's all credit to Daniel. Uh, you challenge him about the things that matter and he's going to answer. I love the the honesty. Uh, he cut corners ahead of that second stipe fight and it cost him it cost him in terms of his overconfidence of coming in with his hands down and not worrying about what stipe's power would do he stopped listening to his coaches stopped wrestling but most importantly was not in five round championship shape and it caught up to him and you gotta be your toughest critic to be at the top and to be able to you know accept that you did that take that L, as they say and be able to fix it and look all things considered, I gave it to you on the preview pod this week. I think this is Daniel Cormier's fight to win. 100%, 1,000%. Uh Stipe can win it. You make a mistake, Stipe will beat you. But I think category for category, this is Daniel Cormier's fight. This is his rivalry, and it always has been. It's up to him to produce, and uh, it's up to him not to make a mistake. It's up to him to not gas out, because is going to be there. Those intangibles are rock Friggin' solid. But shout-out to Daniel. Uh, I respect that he wants this to be his last fight. I also fully respect and expect that that Brinks truck is going to back up. Beep, beep, beep. And Uncle Daniel will be driving, and there'll be many a million back there, and it's time to fight John Jones a third time for that heavyweight title if DC wins this weekend. Heck, that same scenario, by the way, could happen to Snipe if he wins. It could also be both retire, as Curtis Blades thought. There's a lot of... Uh, Look, the heavyweight division is never deep. It's never deep, but it's hot. It's hot at the moment. We want to see if it's Francis Ngannou's time. We want to see if Curtis Blades is is for real. Um, uh, we want to see if John Jones is moving up. If Gustafson can be a player, a lot of things, a lot of things I want to see. And we don't normally say that about this division. So fired up indeed. And why don't we get uh, maybe the most exciting guy on this entire card? It's Marlon Cheeto Vera. Uh, all right, with respect to Sean O'Malley. No one's more excited than Sean O'Malley, but uh, they're going to run into each other on Saturday. And here's what's interesting. On paper, you feel like this is a let's shine a tough guy up for O'Malley to look great against in a big spot. And you kind of get those feels and and call, flashbacks to Chris Lieben against an incoming Anderson Silva. And, you know, and Andy, I love that fight.
1: I love it. I love
0: it, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, he beat the piss out of Chris Lieben. And I think we look at Lieben as this flawed, tough guy journeyman. But, man, he was like 5-0 and in the UFC at that point. He was, he was a tough ass out with bright potential. And, you know, Silva's an all-time great. He sliced through him like a knife into a hot knife into butter. A hot one, okay? It could be that for Sean O'Malley. This could just be... You know, he's that great, and it doesn't matter at this point who you put in on the, let's say, B-level. He's going to slice through the Bs, or maybe he won't. Maybe Marlon Vera, who just had his five-fight win streak snapped in a close but disputed loss to Song Yadong, and essentially got rewarded for his strong performance with this fight. Maybe he ain't nobody's B-fighter. Maybe he's B-plus, A-minus, maybe, you know, and maybe this is that kryptonotic, if you will, test. For Sean O'Malley. That's why I can't wait for it. We're gonna hear from Cheeto now. Uh, he's fun. He's engaging. You want to love him. He's a wild man. He's got new tats for this fight. It's Cheeto Vera coming at you. Enjoy. Cheeto, Brian Campbell, CBS Sports. How are you? Hey, what time is it how are you? Good, good. You're ready for me to chat with you now. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Uh, you know what I'm talking about here? UFC 252 and the big time co-main event. How fired up are you right now? I'm happy,
2: dude. I'm I'm pretty fucking happy, in good spirit, and I cannot wait for this one. It's gonna be a fun one.
0: Uh, I know you saw your opponent, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Put the colors of your Ecuadorian flag in his hair. What'd you think about that?
2: Uh, I'm not sure uh, because those colors are the same colors of Venezuela and Colombia. So probably, I don't know. You know, there's not there, there's not the lava type that we have in the middle. So yellow, blue, and red. There's so many countries with the same colors. So I'm going with that. Why not?
0: Why not? Why not? Um, obviously this is the biggest fight of your career, the biggest platform of your career. Um, you know, when you look back on the road to get to here, what do you think about?
2: Um, the fight's big, but I, I don't believe it's the biggest fight of my career. Uh, it's a big fight, you know. Uh, every fight's big to me, and I treat every fight the same way because I train, I train as hard. For for a newcomer for a top five, I already I, I already been there and you know I don't I don't have that excitement that people have lately about social media or stuff like that. Like I don't fucking care about none of that shit. Like I'm just focusing one thing and on that's to win fights and make money. Uh, the rest is just it just comes by, you know. So a lot of people is like too excited about it. I'm just excited about being competing. I'm excited about being healthy. I'm excited about being have been fighting, to be honest with you.
0: I can respect that. It's usually the fans, the media that get caught up in all the other stuff. So if you're not focused on, on, on the negative side or the trash-talking side, what do you think about Sean O'Malley as a fighter, as a man, entering this one?
2: Well, you know, he's a he's a good fighter. That that there's a reason he's undefeated. You know, uh, he of course he's he's good at what he does. He's good at at punching people in the right spot. He's he's good at make you make you make mistakes. You know, but everybody have good and bad. So you know, I, I'm I'm gonna treat him the same way he treated my last ten opponents. Like you know, every fight that is coming up is the biggest fight of my career. I don't, I, I, I don't give, I don't give a fuck if you have a thousand followers or a million followers. I don't. I'm not a social media person, you know. I don't get caught up in that bullshit, like you know. So to me, it's about fucking people up, having highlights, and
0: cash to check. That's what I'm all about. Uh, Sean O'Malley has a lot of fans. A lot of people like the character of Sean O'Malley, not just the fighter. They think he's funny. They think he's all these things. Do you think he's overrated at all for the attention he gets, or 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 is he right where he's supposed to be?
2: No, he's right. Good for him. You know, uh, people, a lot of people is upset about that, but guess what? Everybody that is uh, upset about it is people that don't have attention, that is in need for attention, and, you know, even even fighters in the top are hating because of that because they have a shitty name they're bored, and you know good for the guy you know the guy the, the guy the guy is, is, is doing a good job on, on everything on fighting on marketing on talking so good for him huh? like I I wouldn't hate somebody that is doing that or get a lot of attention why would hate that you know that that would make me a hater and I don't get along with the haters you know uh, I like I like positive people people that. Grind goes forwards from if you get all the attention in the world again good for you. That's awesome. You know how you get attention
0: Yeah, absolutely
2: finishing people. That's what I do. So why what like why, why am I on somebody that have all the attention in the world?
0: Well, he's not the only one getting attention because every time you fight now and, and people get excited They go oh cheetos fighting. This will be a good one and man that five fight win streak you had really opened up so many people's eyes and then you fought Song Yudong in May and look a lot of people thought you should have won that it was the fight of the night when you fight that well and the fight is close but you don't get the decision how hard is that to take you know it was I I of
2: course get upset you know fuck the judges but at the end of the day there's nothing I can do about it you know like I wouldn't change anything, you know, I won the fight, I broke the guy, I walk him down, I put the pressure, I land more, so, you know, the first night, of course, he was very upset, I was, I was, I was upset, you know, but, you know, the next morning, I was just like, fuck it, it's life, you know, just let it go, uh, and going forward from there, you know, I cannot have been sitting down, thinking about it, crying, you know, it's done, what is done, is done, and. To me, it's all about moving forward. The UFC gives me a, a a bigger, better fight in a common event. So with that say, the UFC is treating me like a winner, you know. That's why Sonja not doesn't even have a fight.
0: Yeah.
2: And I, probably, he, probably he don't want to fight, so broke down.
0: I think you're right on the fact that you got a bigger reward that it almost made it look like you won that fight for sure. Um, you know, you, your pressure is is your calling card. When you fight, you put it on the other guy. From what you've seen out of O'Malley, can he handle the pressure that you bring?
2: I will, I will, I will only know that the day we fight. You know, we all have our thoughts. Both corners are thinking they're going to win, so you only find that fight night. Looking back right now, I did everything I could do. I train hard. I eat well. I sleep well. I rest. You know, I'm not as dumb as you know. All those fire stations is positive for marijuana. I stopped smoking. You know, two weeks from ago. So, I'm I'm doing everything right in my hands. I'm pushing myself. So I couldn't do anything else better, in my opinion. So I'm pushing myself. I'm motivated. I'm happy.
0: I'm pushing hard. You know. So. Sorry, now I'm gonna bring it. What's at stake for you in this fight? Say that again, please. What are you fighting for in this fight? What do you win if you beat Sean O'Malley? What What does that do to your career?
2: Money. I'm making money. I'm feeding my family. I'm providing for my kids. And I'm I'm moving forward. And I'm of course jumping the the whole top ten. I'm, I'm I might be close to top five. Uh, I'm beating a guy that have a bigger name than all the top 10. So I'm going to be, I'm going to pass those guys because they, they can't deny it. It is a a popularity competition. If you win fights and you're popular, you skip a lot of steps. So if I beat this guy, when I do it, I'm going to be there. So they better give me somebody in the top 10 or top five.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what is the uh feeling like in Ecuador right now for the excitement for this fight? How how happy are the fans to see you get to this level, pay per view co main event?
2: It's hot, it's hot and I like that. I like that pressure, I like that team that people is expecting a lot because I'm expecting even more, you know. The bigger the better for me, you know, like I don't I, I don't get to the sport, I don't get to, to this game for for pennies. I get this sport for, for being all in, for give it all. And I'm sure I'm going to, everything I've been working for in my life is going to pay off.
0: Uh, to be a fighter and to fight with a style like you fight with, you got to be fearless. Is there anything that Marlon Vera actually is afraid of? I'm a, I'm
2: afraid of don't perform. I'm afraid of, of being a lazy person. I'm afraid of don't push myself. So that's why I wake up every morning on a mission. I'm afraid of becoming a fucking loser, or somebody that doesn't have nothing to fight in his life. That's why I find motivation even in, in anything. I find motivation in myself. That's, nothing, that's something that nobody can teach you. You got to have it in your heart. You got to have it in your soul. And I'm happy God gives me those skills. He don't give me probably the best skills in my body, but he gives me the best skills
0: I believe a man can have. And it's a strong mind and a strong heart. Um, how much of that strong mind and strong heart is natural, or how much of that did you get from experiences in your life?
2: That came from experience. That came from from the daily grind. That came from from just living and trying so hard. And then you find bumps in the road. You find you know you find you make mistakes. You find the wrong people. So it's just it's it, it just the road. You find a lot of things. So. Um, I'm happy, I'm able to, to live this life, the life I I always been chasing and, 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 and I'm happy, you know, I got three beautiful kids. I got a wife at home and we're a team, you know, we, I work for them. They help me, you know, so it's, I'm in, I'm in good spirits and I like, I like the life I have. I, I like, I'm happy. So a happy man is somebody that can achieve anything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you watch Sean O'Malley fight, the thing that jumps out to me is not just the power, but the speed and how he sets that up. Um, how do you prepare for a guy who's so explosive, where he gets people out with one punch?
2: Well, um, you find you find uh, you find inspiring partners like that. You know, uh, I have uh, two solid guys in the gym uh, that. One is a it's a it's a it's a pro kickboxer, it's a glory kickboxer, so it's a high-level guy. And the other an MMA fighter, you know. So I got a little bit of the both things. You got I got the MMA style, and I got a kickboxer that set traps all over the place, and you know. And we've been training for years, so, um, so I think uh, I think uh, we have the right thing in the camp. I think we have uh, everything we need. So I'm ready and prepared, You know, at the end of the day, you will never recreate, you will never recreate the same exactly opponent, but you can adjust and, and, and find the most similarities
0: for, for what you're getting for. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you think this fight will be on the ground, standing? What are you expecting?
2: I'm just expecting a fight, so whatever the fight goes, I'm going to be ready. My wrestling is sharp, my striking is crispy, and my uh, my ground is a you know, killer, so Wherever we go, we're going to fight. And I'm bringing cardio strength and a big pair of balls that I'm willing to go deep.
0: (laughs) Uh, You fought once in the quarantine so far with no fans. How is it different than normal? Honestly,
2: there's no difference, you know. Like Unless you're a person that only gets hype and pump with the fans and the crowd. But to me, it's uh, it's, a... it's a fight. So to me, fans, no fans. I'm there to. I'm there to make money. I'm there to. So to me, like the the fans, no fans. You know, I like a crowd arena just because it's good for the UFC. It's good for them. It's Good for us. But you know, I also enjoy in the the silence and the and like the the one on one on the fight. You know, you, you you got your corners and he got his corners and it's more personal. It's more like. It's, you can you can listen and feel more the energy of the fight. So I do enjoy this alone one on one because it actually takes a different demo that brings a normal fight. Within the normal five you got the crowd, the cameras, people yelling, you know. Now it's just one on one, you know, now you're not doing it for nobody but for yourself. So you better you better do it right. And I, I, I like that. I, I like that being alone and and i feeling
0: that that different pressure so i enjoy it
2: yeah. i enjoy it
0: any new tattoos for this fight marlon Uh i got my
2: neck started up, and then my think i don't know i haven't worked on my legs i didn't before my driver is a huge in my whole leg i think just my neck what'd you get on your neck I got a flower. I gotta balance it out. I gotta, gotta mingle really one side. I need to like balance it out with a with a pretty rose in my <laughs> neck.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I think the more times that American fans see you fight, they're just gonna continue to fall in love with you. And the more times they hear you talk, they're gonna be like, man, this guy's a badass. So what are you expecting? When that fight is over, UFC 252, that people are going to be saying about Cheeto. You know, I gotta, I gotta perform
2: first, but I prepare for that. So they're, they're gonna, they're gonna love the work I put behind, and and they will see who's, who's the real one in this fight. So Saturday night, tune in because it's gonna be a good one.
0: Yes, Cheeto, bring those big balls as always, my friend. Thank you for the time. Thank you, brother. All right. Special thanks for Cheeto Vera. there dropping F-bombs. I love that. Uh, I don't know if our guy uh, Mikey Mormal, our all-star super producer, had to uh, get out his block button a few times. But uh, uh, absolutely uh, intoxicating here in Cheeto Vera talk. He's not about the social media. He's not about the trash talk. He's about the damn money. okay, folks, in Crushing Skulls, he's like that dude. Do You remember Days of Confuse, one of the all-time great seminal coming-of-age high school party movies. Remember when, uh, the, the, uh, the guy Clint, the badass greaser looking guy Cl- Clint, uh, he made fun of the nerds and the tall nerd played by Adam, uh, what, Adam, Adam Goldberg, uh, you know, balled up and manned up in that one moment when he was drunk and went after him and punched him and then, you know, got sent to absolute hell. Uh, that one great line by Clint of like, you know, I only come here to do two things, drink some beer and kick some ass. And it looks like we're just about out of beer. I mean, that's legendary. And that's, that's Cheeto Vera. He's coming here for two reasons. All right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He only goes to that party to fill the keg cup and steal your girl. And, uh, and the keg's tapped. So it's, it's time to get to business. Um, I'm really excited about this fight because you can look next level supernatural superstar as O'Malley has against a certain level of competition. But sometimes when you get to that next level, it levels off a bit. And sometimes you can still pass the test with your skills, but not be as spectacular. I mean, we say it a lot. Conor McGregor was spectacular for most of his career, but he was, you know, he had such a different, unique flair early on in this featherweight rise, spinny shit galore. He tried wild stuff that you can't do when you climb that ladder and when the odds get, get bigger and, uh, you know, Michael Venom Page and Bellator MVP almost sort of kind of found that out against uh, Doug Lima. So it, it's going to be interesting. Can he be as explosive? or Is he going to have to deal and dig into, into his bag of intangibles to try to figure this fight out? Can't wait to see it. It all goes down Saturday. UFC 252 on pay-per-view. You already know the deal, okay? If you haven't checked out the SOC MMA pod with myself, Sugar Rashad Evans, we break it down in painstaking detail. And check out CBS Sports HQ this week before the fight. Fight day after the fight. Rashad and I have you covered there. If you don't know about HQ, it's your free 24-7 streaming network. Throw it up on your phone, smart TV, uh laptop, whatever. It's uh slash live or com, and you're going to get the live 24-7 news desk all the time, the the analysis you need across all sports, betting odds, all that good stuff. So check that out. Check me out. Uh, Why don't you check yourself, baby? All right? All right? You know what I'm saying? You know know where I'm going with that? Because I don't. So uh, shout out to all the people we love, Sugar Rashad. Shout out to you, the listener. Okay? You're going to have to deal with a couple things when it comes to BC. I'm a white boy, and I'm jacked. Deal with it. All right? That's it. That's all I got for you. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Uh, Follow me at B. Campbell CBS on Twitter, at Brian C Campbell on Instagram. And uh, we got big news coming your way about fight audio at cbs about a lot of big things about to blow up so uh keep your ear to the wall okay remember in college your 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 roommate next door was you know you know you know you know (laughs) you know right you know sometimes you put your ear to the wall okay do that this show's blown up all right uh the other two words i had for you are we out